0: Good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown. The other gentleman is Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. It is game day, week one. We'll talk about all the big games in the Southwest Athletic Conference. We'll recap last Saturday's games. We'll have What's trending? News and notes. I selected a few that I thought was of the most importance. Guest venue for today. Charles Edmund and Brandon B.J. Jones of HBCU Football or inside HBCU uh, Football. Charles, good morning to you, sir. It's game week for you. I know you're excited like many many of the fans of the Southwest athletic conference and HBCU sports and HBCU football.
1: I am. Um, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, you know, it just seems like SWAC football media day was just yesterday. That was six weeks ago. And here we are fast forward six weeks later. Here we are ready to kick it off full slate of games. And um, we don't play until later, but uh, just getting ready to the rock and roll. It's been a busy week and, Let's play some football. Let, let's get it kicked off. We're both in our attire. You in the purple and gold, Alcorn State.
0: I'm in the Southern University t shirt. Although uh-huh. I will admit, Alcorn State has the tougher opponent. But hey, Southern University playing Florida Memorial. Charles, they're 1 0 on the season. I look at them as championship material. That's the way you have to look at it. And my philosophy is simply this. You kill a net, which is very small with a mall hammer. So that's the way I look at a yeah. Southern university. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about all core state, Stephen F. Austin. We'll recap games from last Saturday in the conference. Also Thursday night, there was uh, two big ball games involving teams in the conference, but For right now, I'm going to go to um, what's trending here on the Carlos Brown show. FAMU, and there's been a lot of conversation about FAMU uh, the last week. Uh, They received some good news. Uh, Players ruled eligible and will play in the Orange Blossom Classic. I wonder if that will uh, change some of the picks, Charles, uh, for uh, the fans who uh, follow uh, the Southwest Athletic Conference. But Linebacker Isaiah Land, defensive back B.J. Bowler, right tackle Cam Coven, and wide receiver Nick Dixon, and boy, what a what a week for FAMU Athletics. The president, uh, President Robinson, on the hot seat. Fans, alums are just livid. They want change. They want to see action. Now down to, what, about eight players now for FAMU that are still ineligible, but a, a big drop from last week, 26. And And I'll go back to last week. Um, I had the guest, Charles, you, you were not on. You were vacationing last week, and I heard it was an absolute great time. But Dr. Cavill came on and, and, and talked about not only about issues in the compliance office, but he called it the triangle, Uh registrar. The compliance office had to work work together, financial aid, of course, uh, with the back of the campus. But for FAMU, a, a bit
1: of good news, Charles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this time last week, they were being they were being knocked in the head, you know, and here they are. And it just goes to show you that when you pull your resources together, where, however way they may come, whether it's from the SWAC office assisting and sending people down to Tallahassee to help or whatever means, you know, as someone on the inside looking in someone that works for a university in this conference, that works with athletics on a daily basis, that's worked with compliance people uh, here and there. I I understand how this could get to where it got to for Florida A&M. And I'm not in the business of criticizing in administrations. I would not do that. I haven't done that. And I won't do that because I have an idea of how these things work, whether it's at Southern, whether it's at all Corn Jacks, it doesn't matter. The challenges are there throughout the entire HBCU landscape. And there was a report that came out in terms of how many people are in compliance from throughout the HBCU landscape, from as many as four to as little as one. And so why that's the case, we we don't know. Presidents and ADs can talk about it if they choose, but that's just the landscape that you're dealing with. Money, resources, finances, lack of help, quality, quantity. There's so much to unpack there, you just don't have enough time to get into it. Will there be a big-time explanation? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, So you have to take it at face value. Bottom line is it was disappointing that they had those players ruling eligible, but here a week later, I'm glad you got some players back. You got your your best defensive player back. You know They only had eight offensive linemen available for the game against North Carolina last week. They got one available. Uh, So we'll see how that rounds out here with their game tomorrow with Jackson State. So I'm glad there's some good news there for Florida A&M. And, and some of it's personal for me, Carlos, because I like Willie Simmons well. You know, his face, he had to do you what know, represent. And his team played their hearts out last week against North Carolina, despite being short-handed. And, um, you yeah, know, I think it'll be a good football game on Sunday. Don't sleep on FAMU now, that that quarterback that they had. <laughs> played well against, uh, against North Carolina. Careless turnover late in the first half kind of stemmed the momentum a little bit. But if, if, if they can put up points against did against North Carolina and make Shadour Sanders and that offense score some points, I don't think it'll be a 7-6 to six game like it was last year. I think it'll be more high scoring. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm glad to see FAMU get some players back. I'm glad to see some sense of normalcy there. Hopefully it'll get better as time rolls along. You know, this conversation can go in a whole nother direction at another time. But, you know, as a SWAC supporter – as someone that supports Willie Simmons, uh, I'm glad things are getting a little bit better, trending in the right direction. A couple of things most important. We talked about it last week. Uh,
0: investment in compliance. Make sure you're on the same page as financial aid. Uh, I, I refer to the administrative side as well. And um, that will go a good ways in helping out. But being with Southern University and, and, and seeing the issues that they went through, they had to make a commitment, that's the other word, and investment into those areas to make sure that you're all on the same page because uh, that's that's not a, not a great feeling. But for FAMU uh, to uh, get some of the players back, a very intriguing ball game uh, tomorrow. We'll get a little bit more into that. The Coach Dooley era begins at Southern University, and and you're just talking about excitement, and Coach Dooley has come full circle, um, cut his teeth coaching under the legendary Coach Pete Richardson, who will be the color analyst, I'm I'm assuming, again, uh, for the Jaguar Radio Network. But um, a lot of emotions in the article today. He talked about, you know, not – thinking he would ever get to this point where he's going to be at. And of course, coach Dula leads the football team on the field. So although it is uh, now where I'm at in the city of Baton Rouge, um, stop raining finally. But when I tell you maybe a, a 45 minutes of a heavy rain and uh, uh, my reports from campus, was at the time, not a drop of rain. I, I'm sure someone will let us know right now if, if it's raining there, but, um, Uh, 80% chance of rain today for Southern University in in the season opener. But according to reports, most of the rain will be between three and four. But only the crater knows, Charles, a lot of times. Meteorologists, uh, they are predicting they go with the signs. But uh, I'm glad Southern and and all the other teams, including Alcorn, had a chance to practice in the elements that they were going to possibly see in game one. And uh, I, I think both teams will, will deal with the elements one way or the other. But the coach, 2 Arrow, begins tonight at 6 p.m. against Florida Memorial University. Also, if no, HBCU players that made NFL rosters. Hooray. Uh, Brian Cook, now, started at Cincinnati – no, ended at Cincinnati, but played at Howard. He made it with the Kansas City Chiefs. Joshua Williams, defensive back. Uh, At Kansas City from Fayetteville State, a DB. The Kobe Durant, Los Angeles Rams, DB, South Carolina State. Congratulations, Jatiri Carter, offensive lineman, Southern University, Chicago Bears, and Deshaun Dixon, the defensive end from Norfolk State. Makes it with the Jacksonville Jaguars, their roster. And then finally, Marquise Bell, defensive back. Fam U made it with the Dallas Cowboys. So that is a tremendous situation Charles that these guys were able to make it I I, I couldn't be happier for them representing HBCU uh, football and then last but not least I don't know how many people noticed it but Dr. Charles McClellan gets a uh, water, a three-year contract extension and just quite honestly he deserved it he's Led this conference in a into a bright time, a bright future. Charles, when uh, he took over, there was some question marks. There was quite simply uh, this conference was at at a standstill. But under his leadership and the staff, they've moved this conference forward, and the future looks bright. And and some of the biggest things that have uh, you know on social media, one of the things, not the only one. you know, talking about uh, a TV contract with ESPN. And um, I think they got a, a year or two left on that contract. But if I know Dr. McClellan, he is going to uh, put the uh, conference in the best situation when it's time to to renew that contract, if that's going to be the case, or if they decide to, to look elsewhere. But competition now, You've got a lot of media groups wanting a, a piece of of that pie. Maybe not as the primary rights, but secondary, et cetera, et cetera. So congratulations, Dr. McClellan. You deserve it. Then also, Charles, William and Mary. Now you might say, what are we bringing that up for? Well, I follow them. Uh, <laughs> they defeated charlotte they defeated charlotte and, and from a personal standpoint uh early commitment for southern university tyler hughes uh, ended up going to william and mary but guess what uh, looking at it they were able to defeat charlotte so that that was the first fcs to defeat an fbs opponent i bring that up because one of the questions i want to put out to the audience today a lot of discussion this past week, especially after Thursday, Alabama-Birmingham just laid an old-fashioned woodshed whipping on Alabama and them. And not that I had Alabama and them favor, but Charles, that was a just total whipping. And then once again, the discussion, which I've talked about for about 15 years, playing up Money games. Who, what, where, how, and why? You could fill in. I filled in those, those those kind of questions of the money games. Charles, if it was up to me, one every four or five years. I said four before, now I moved it up to five. And um, looking at the next couple of weeks, <laughs> I might say one every t- one every ten years. But yeah, we know why that. it's done. We know why it's done. It's money. So who benefits, Charles? The athletic department, specifically the football programs. Will you be able to get um, with that money new helmets, new equipment, or does it go into the general fund? <coughs> I know, Charles, you're getting all choked up. I'm getting emotional. Yeah, but uh, yeah,
1: who, what, where, and how? Based on what I know, what little I know about how these things go that money, that guarantee has already been factored into their budget. In other words, whatever the guarantee is, if they got $400,000 to play UAB, the contract was signed a while ago, that 400000 was already in the football program's budget already. And that $400,000 guarantee goes back into whether it's athletics or my guess is the general fund in which athletics gets a piece of that general fund. So, that, you know, based on what I know about how these things work, your budget is already set based on those guaranteed games already in there. So once the game is played, it goes back into that same pot. So the, Alabama, as far as I'm concerned, Alabama A&M, that for whatever they got for it, it was already there before they played the game. Now once they get the check and cash it and put it back in, it goes back into that same pot. So that that's kind of how I, I read those situations. That's why there's so much there needs to be discussed about this whole thing. as as well as other stuff, because that's kind of how it works in a lot of our schools. Their budget is based on projected revenue. And so that guarantee game was projected revenue. The contract was signed well before the game was played. So you've already got that up front. It's forward funded. And then as the game is played, that money goes back. But, uh, you know, to the discussion, I thought it was a good matchup, to be honest with you, two schools 90 miles apart. Um, UAB is not exactly, you know, Alabama. Um, we do know Alabama a and ms rebuilding, no glass. Now, if, if they last year, you would, feel, you would feel pretty good about, you know, maybe Alabama a m hanging. But clearly, you know, as Jamie, as Jamie Walker talked about weeks ago, continuity. Clearly the continuity is not there right now in Alabama A&M with all the transfers, the pieces aren't there. Not yet anyway. And it was kind of disappointing to see that score and the way it turned out. It wasn't good at all. And, uh, you know, Coach Maynard's got a lot of work to do in all phases. But if if there's a game that's going to expose those things, let it be week one. Let it be a non-conference game where you, you get exposed big time and you get a chance to make your corrections and adjustments. Because if AM is competitive in the East, nobody's going to be talking about UAB. You know, right now, that's just the game that they just played that it was a shellacking and everybody's talking about. So I think Coach Maynard will figure it out somewhat, but there's a lot of work to do up there in Huntsville, and it was evident based on what we saw Thursday. Money games.
0: I said who benefits. Athlete department, football team, that's who should benefit. But, of course, I'm not a rookie at this. I know general fun is usually a, not a popular word with many. What are the advantages? Money, of course, just money. Where do you play these games? Since I don't like them once every five years now, beginning or the end of the season? That is a question. I would think the beginning. Why play them? I think athletes want to kind of gauge themselves with their peers at the FCS level and above, FBS FDS level but Charles I have to say this I have to say this, disappointing Alabama a and I did not think they would win the game, one but no points then defense Coach Maynard brought in a plethora of players on the defensive side and I understand continuity and chemistry, uh, maybe four weeks is not enough that's usually the length of fall camp to get things done, but bitterly disappointing. And then one of the major things that came out of the game, of course, quarterback Casey struggled. Langford came in, did a better job. Is there a quarterback controversy? It seems like we're talking about that all the time. The backup quarterback is the most popular quarterback. I understand that. But the commentators talked about, and I I think uh, I actually missed it, but Coach Maynard says, you know, in being sarcastic as he can often be. I'm not paid, and, and I thought about you, Charles, I'm not, I'm paid to win swat games, not these type of games. Not a good statement. I'm Coach Brown, I'm coaching. I'm going to promise two things. We're going to show up, of course, and we're going to play hard. I'm not going to fall for that 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 question, and sometimes what how you answer it is very important. So so bitterly disappointed in Alabama and M once again. No, I didn't expect them to win, but I didn't expect them to get shut out. And UAB now let's think about it, Charles. Last year they made it to a bowl game, so I think. You know, and, and I was guilty of this as well, thinking that, you know, uh, remember they shut the, the program down, then they came back. But a, a pretty good team, and, and they just physically – and here's just the thing. They physically whipped Alabama and them at the line of scrimmage. And, and, and that happens a lot of times. The, the difference is in the interior line, offense and defensive line, and then, you know, sometimes the speed, but um, – Mississippi Valley State played much better against Tarleton State. It 20 20 27-13. So, yeah, put me down. I am extremely disappointed in Alabama a and
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm disappointed too. I, I thought it would be a better effort. Um, the comments that Coach Maynard said about the non-conference games. Yeah, as a coach, you got to get your team ready and show up and play the best that you can play. I don't think he expected that to happen in, in front of his very eyes. He didn't expect that type of deal. Um, I was expecting more from Quincy Casey. I was expecting that. Why not he was on their roster? I'm like, okay, you know, he's no glass, but he's very manageable and serviceable to where you, you build your offense a little bit around him, but he clearly struggled. So, Alabama AM's got a lot of work to do. And I think that, you know, for him and for us and for Bulldog fans, you know, you can put that one in your rearview mirror. You can burn up the stat sheet. You can burn it up and you got to start over and get ready, you know, for, for your next game. Cause that's, you know, that's just one of those things. It's a little bit different when you're playing UAB as compared to Valley playing Tarlington or Alcorn playing Stephen F. It's a little bit different because Tarlington's FCS. Stephen F FCS a little bit better sixty three scholarships so it's 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 eighty five to sixty three in terms of scholarships you know so I mean we talk about that all the time as you talked about it makes a difference especially up front you get twenty two scholarships available and you do get those upsets from time but more than likely no I thought it was catch up in terms of geographic I thought it would be a good crowd because two schools are ninety miles apart and it was Swag fan and watching the game, truly disappointed as compared to a proud Swag fan when you were MU and uh, North Carolina, you know, you were proud with how they were able to perform despite being short. So it was disappointing, but you know Coach Mayer's got a lot of work to do, and um, you know that that Swag championship he won in the spring a couple years ago that's kind of in the rearview mirror, and now it, the expectation is with all these transfers that you got to step it up, especially with the Magic City that's a wild a ways away. But look at what you. Your arch rival just did Alabama State, you know, beating Howard. I mean, that was very impressive considering your defensive coordinator started literally weeks ago. And yet you you show up on national TV despite lightning delays and you get it done. So, you know, you got to throw that in the bag too. If if you want to be honest and talk about it, your number one rival won, despite the fact they're playing, you know, another HBCU opponent. But that's kind of the talk of what's going on there. So, a lot of work to do, though, for, for Cornell Maynard. There's no question about it, and he's got to get it going.
0: Yeah, you kind of mentioned it. In the MEAC Swag Challenge, that was played after the show last week. Of course, Alabama State over Howard, 23-13. to uh, 13. You know, Alabama State, first career win for Coach Robinson and, and his staff um, kind of started off slow, but they were able to get it done, Mr. Davis, quarterback, In the second half performed much better. Now, he's not tall, but he's very gifted and athletic. But uh, Alabama State at least gives the SWAC this year a chance to uh, Brad because uh, just a woeful record against the Mideastern Athletic Conference, whether it's the MIAC SWAC Challenge or it's the Celebration Bowl. North Carolina, of course, Uh, A thirty-two point victory over FAMU, but you got to be proud. Uh, I sent Coach Simmons a text message. In spite of all the shenanigans and all of the things that they went through, it was a coming out party for Jeremy Musa. Uh, I thought he performed outstanding um, last last Saturday, and uh, boy, you're just proud. You know, and I I coach Coach Simmons. I said, swag proud. Coming from a Southern Jaguar, that's how happy uh, I was for the effort. And that's the thing. Remember, I said show up and then give a, a maximum effort, the best that you can put out there. And they did all of this with um, what twenty six players, some some huge impact players for them. So hats off uh, to uh, uh, a you And now it makes it very interesting. We're gonna. Have our predictions later on in the show. And BJ Jones uh, joins us. So Charles, get ready for your your predictions. I'm kind of going back and forth with that one. I mean Jackson State and FAMU, the Orange Blossom Classic. It should be a very, very uh, good football game. Um, I said Tarleton State over Valley State, 27 to 13. Actually, with 29 to 13, uh, but Mississippi Valley State defensively. A lot improved offensively. And I know they had the number one Juco quarterback coming in, but uh, you know, Valley offensively kind of kind of struggled at times. But the effort was there. Uh, 29 to uh, 13, they uh, lost to Tarleton State. So they go on the road. And, and, and back to Alabama A&M, it doesn't get any easier for them. Next week, they play up again against Troy State, and uh, that that's, that's just going to be tough, Charles. So when we look at these money games, these guarantee games, and I'm looking at some of the comments in the chat room, uh, Edwin basically said what you said. If you can start, you need to start getting your fans, no matter who you play, even in conference games, in the seat, butts in the seat, then you have to play less of those type of games. However, I will say this. It is so easy for directors of athletics to get these type of games. You guys have to convince me. I still think that ADs in this conference will try at every turn to get those type of games. And I don't want to be hypocritical because next week Southern University is playing at... Crosstown, LSU, that's no turnaround game. You're getting $700,000 guarantee. Then you're getting 50000 to the Southern University Foundation. And then you, you're getting an allotment of tickets to sell, which from all accounts, Southern has sold out their allotment of tickets. So... They're gonna utilize that money. I've heard from a lot of people already. They they just don't like those type of, of games. I've said I don't either. But guess what? I'm in a minority on that, maybe. But these games are going to continue to happen. They are Charles, they're gonna to continue to happen. But if it was up well, let, to me, let, let. you're not gonna play them every year. And Southern University has been guilty of playing. Well, I say guilty, they've played back-to-back games. Against FBS opponents, I just don't like it. But that's that's just me.
1: Go ahead, Charles. Well, let's just let's just use the Southern LSU example. So you threw out the numbers, right? Seven hundred thousand dollar guarantee.
0: Would. I knew you well, were bring that in. Okay,
1: Go we could we, we, we use other examples, but I'm just saying that's on the high end as far as the guarantee. Like they didn't Southern get mm-hmm. six or seven when they played Georgia several years ago. Um, but I was uh, using that as an uh, about, example. I,
0: yeah, about seven hundred thousand.
1: Right. So it's it's on the high end. Typically, our schools get anywhere from three to five hundred thousand for those type of, for those games. It's not necessarily an LSU or high SEC, but um, mm-hmm. let let's just use that as an example. All right. So seven hundred thousand uh, plus ticket sales. So let's just let's just use the seven hundred thousand. Do you think? If we, if Roman Banks was on this, was on your show right now and we asked him on a typical night at Mumford, when you look at sales versus expenses for your home game, would you clear $700,000? I'm just using an example because that's what we're talking about. Yeah, Charles, no. Everybody
0: knows that answer.
1: That, no, they don't clear that on the average. Okay. Okay, so that's the reason why these games get played. And until, mm-hmm. until it changes, and it you know we, we may be unrealistic, I may be as well, but every AD pretty much has said, until we can start filling up our stadiums, maybe not even filling up, but have better crowds to where you don't necessarily have to lean that way, it's going to continue. I interviewed our athletic director the other day. The show's out there on social media, and he talked about you know, why we increased our parking and and all of that. There's conversation about that, obviously. But if if we do better in terms of uh, having better crowds at home for conference games, rival or not, I think the need for playing those type of games won't be as much. And I know that's a painful thing to accept, but that's just the reality of what, and every school in our conference is doing it. Maybe with the exception of Jackson state. Now coach Sanders has already pushed back on some of that stuff, but when you're playing in a 60,000 seat stadium and you had three crowds of 50,000 last year, you can make that statement. And if they continue to win, they're going to have two or three games of 50,000 or more at home. You know, Southern's going to might be a record crowd. That's a million dollar payday. That's a million dollar revenue generator, at least maybe a little bit more than that. So until we can do that, not necessarily for the, you know, consistently, but if we do it two or three times a year at home, then I think the need for those type of games is not as great. But until it happens, that's why it continues. I know we disagree with it. We can agree to disagree, but this is what ADs have told me for years. Nothing has changed on that end. So therefore, nothing's going to change in terms of playing these type of guarantee games. We're playing Tulane next week. Um, I don't know the payout for that. But again, if we have bigger crowds at home, where we make that revenue in house, you don't necessarily need to play a Tulane. You can play a Stephen F. You can play a Jacksonville State. You can play a Samford. But until that happens, this is what we're this is what we're doing, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Just based on the ebbs and flows and trends of what happens in this league.
0: Well, no, I, I understand that, but I'm saying even when that happens, what you're talking about. Because I've seen it years ago. I'm going back in history again. When um, I think you've heard of him, Coach Richardson. Every every home game was packed. What was one of the reasons why? They were winning and winning championships. So that is a, a correlation between winning championships and drawing a, a bigger crowd. And then consistency. At one point, Southern and I think Jackson State and Gremlin has done it as well. Didn't lose a conference game for three years. So you ride that wave. I'm but I'm saying even if this happens again, I think it's quick and easy for ADs to still, they'll still schedule those games. Maybe not as many, but they'll get one in. They'll get one in. And so your point about Jackson State. Yeah. They're coming off a championship. They were able to draw great crowns. Why? Because they, they were winning. Now, albeit it wasn't a lot of blowout games, but a win is a win. So I'm saying I understand your point. I really do. But I'm saying in spite of they still will schedule those games because it's easy to do. And it's the biggest gate that they're going to get during the season. But uh, I see a lot of people discussing this in the chat room. I, I, I'm kind of monitoring it. That's always a hot topic, Charles. You know, yeah. money games. Uh, Jamar says he saw Southern Miss defeat uh, Nebraska. They were playing up. But but you know what? That's, that, that's still – FBS against FBS, albeit at one time Southern Miss was uh, was the uh, giant killers because um, they would they would win um, important games. But, but Charles, to your point, I agree with that that part of it, though. You need to start getting more of your fans to consistently get in the stadium. You
1: know, I understand
0: no. there's a lot of them outside tailgating, but we you, you need to get you in. We
1: really do. Yeah. Well, let's, well, And here's here's the other part. You 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 mentioned Southern. You mentioned Jackson. We know about Alcorn, and Grambling. Mm-hmm. That those those four you can look at, pull up the attendance figures, and if you you know rate the conference teams in terms of the top four in attendance. And 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 I'm not calling out any other school in this league, but there's only a handful of schools in this conference that really draw well at home. And let's just be honest about that. There's only a hand, probably, we got 12 teams, right? Probably a third of four to five of our schools Mm -hmm. really draw well at home. Only four or five really travel well. Let's, Let's put that out there. Not calling out the ones that don't, but that plays a factor in it as well. And so when you don't draw well at home, the need is even higher to play those type of money games. The ones that draw a little bit better at home don't, yeah maybe has still have a need, but it's not as is not as desperate as some of the other teams and i when i say desperation i do think it is kind of that when you're averaging just a 2500 3000 4000 at home that's not a lot of revenue you know that's not a lot of revenue and so you've got to do that to be able to make up for the other shortfalls so what, mm. what you're talking about, what I'm talking about is only a handful of schools in this league that draw well. And I'm not calling out the ones that don't. I'm just looking at the ones that, that, that do, and they don't necessarily need to play as many, but there are quite a few schools that don't. And so the need will always be there until they improve their attendance at their stadiums. And so I think that's that's another thing to keep in mind. I, I kind of look at the whole picture. We, we know the Jaguar Nation travels well. We know the Braves fans travel well. We know Jacksonians travel well. And Grambling, for the most part, Bayou Classic being a case in point for me, and for the most part, I think Grambling fans travel well. But the yeah, that's, is that's about it for Grambling. That,
0: that's about yeah, it for that, Grambling. I
1: took, I took a little shot there, Grambling. Yeah, that, And then yeah,
0: I'll tell, yeah. tell you something else, Charles. Alcorn, with the that run they had, but Alcorn's a little different. Lorman, uh, Mississippi. It, it's it's rule. So would I be safe to say, even when they had those strings of, of championships, I I personally was there for two championship games. It was packed, but during the regular season, sometimes it's a isn't it a stretch? I I've I've heard you comment that sometimes you were a little disappointed that there wasn't a little bit more of a crowd there, but I I have to realize that Lorman is, you know, in a rural section. Jackson is a a, a metropolitan area. Um, Baton Rouge, half a million people. See where I'm going? Mm -hmm. Grammar State in in, in a small, small, small area. So I guess you have to factor all that in as well. And, and, And by the way, Charles, My thoughts and prayers go out to the city of Jackson Uh, with the water crisis. It's shameful. In 2022, a city that's 82%, 82% African-American have to go through that. And I don't want to go on a political rant, but uh, I can think of Texas governor, Mississippi governor. I'll just shake my head to it. Just nuts. Just literally nuts. But anyway,
1: go ahead, Charles. Well, yeah, on that point, it, it, it didn't have to happen. I mean, I, that's, you know, dealing with that, what, what Jackson's dealing with. A sister-in-law lives in Jackson and uh, a grocery store that I frequent, their manager gave 10 uh, cases, donated 10 cases of water. And waters water is a premium in Jackson right now. There's, they're limiting the amount of water you can buy in these grocery stores in Jackson. So people are going out of the city to get water where it's not, you know, where they have more of a qual- of a quantity. But um I just I just think, you know, when, when you look at attendance and you look at budgeting, and, and yeah, and I, I see a comment as the a- athletic director's responsibility. Um, I get that. But, you know, I think you have to also look at your fan behavior as well in terms of what games do our fans typically frequent and participate. Social media, the chat rooms, HBCU sports, the blogs kind of dictate, you know, how attendance goes because those games that a lot of people comment on, you typically assume – that is just going to be a pretty good crowd. The ones that, you know, they're not going to partake in. You don't get a lot of chatter. You know, you can kind of just, just like right here today. We got Stephen F. Austin coming in. The number 10th ranked team in the FCS. I'm excited as heck to see a team like that coming here because you don't get that very often. We played them in the 90s when they were one of the best teams in the FCS. They still are today, 30 years later. Uh, tough loss against Jacksonville State. They were shut out in the second half. A bunch of lightning delays. The game was eventually canceled in the fourth quarter. But they didn't look good at all in the second half. They're up 17 to 3 on Jacksonville State early. And that's something we're gonna have to deal with, especially early on. But I mean, let's let's be honest, when you're looking at these home games and getting these type of games, the attendance does drop off. And I think because well, for several reasons. Because it's not a rivalry, it's not a swag game, it's not an HBCU matchup, and there's just this, this perception that we're not gonna beat these type of teams. I mean, that's just I mean, I've heard this time and time again, you know. Now the games that we feel like we can win, the Louisiana Colleges, we played them in the past, the Mississippi Colleges, we played them in the past. You see Miles College, Florida Memorial. We got Florida Memorial today. A lot of folks feel like that should be a once a lopsided win for the Jaguars. So fans are excited down there, not only for Dooley in his first game, but look at who they're playing. They, they they feel like Southern ought to win in a runaway. I feel that way too. So I think that that's also a big, a big factor. So SWAC fans are rivalry-friendly. Rival games, they're going to come out, show up, and show out. But what about the non-rival games that are SWAC games? Are they going to show up and show out for those? The numbers tell you what that's about. Late in the season, Value Classic, Southern Jackson, Southern Alcorn, Alcorn Valley, those rival games, they'll be there. But what about those other games? And that helps factor in budgeting, attendance, finances, all of that, as well as those non-conference games. So there's, there's a lot in the hopper there that we have to unpack to put it out there to, to, to understand and educate. And I think if we do that, and if people were honest about it, I think you'll see where the ebbs and flows go. You know, playing these big money games, I'm not a big fan of it. But on the inside, looking in, when you talk to our ADs, and I've worked with a bunch of them, it's the same conversation. We got to do better at home. We got We have to have better attendance at home in order to not exactly look at playing these guarantee games until that happens. We're going to, we're going to continue to do this. We're going to continue to do it. I I don't, I don't necessarily like it, but it's just the brutal reality of business and athletics, because this is a business, whether we, whether we want to accept it or not, if this is a business, money's being spent, scholarships are being doled out it's being paid for money going in money coming out. And so that's, that's what I've been told. That's the way I kind of see it now. And until we get on the positive side, the $700,000 guarantee, Carlos, is going to continue. Call me Doubting Thomas.
0: You remember him in the biblical sense? All that sounds great, and I agree. I really do. But ADs, if they get a chance to to steal, let's say all that happens, what you're saying, they're, they're, they're packing the games home, Against conference opponents, and I still, when the opportunity arises, I put, I'll leave it at that, they'll still make those deals. Let's make a deal. You remember that game show? Curtain one, curtain two, curtain three. You get something in curtain one, but then they entice you with, you can keep what you have, or you can try to get something better. Which curtain will you pick, two or three? So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of taking a little, little little jab, a little friendly jab at the directors of athletics. And also, when Coach Banks was on a couple of months ago, ideally he agreed with, you know, that's where he wants Southern University to be. But he said, we're not there right now. At least he was honest oh, yeah. enough to say that. Yeah. So with that being said, yeah. that is always a, a, going to be a topic of a uh, – a conversation, but it doesn't matter. I can give you my opinion. You remember I say the facts versus opinion? The facts are those games are still going to be played. My opinion is one day it'll get better, but they will still have the game. Let's make a deal. They'll get that in. that. That's my opinion. But the facts yeah. are playing those games right now
1: none of our schools are there. I mean, you, you, you said, you know, right now, and we can only deal in the moment, none of our schools are there. I mean, what you got to play North Carolina, you know, last week, you know, the travel and all that, that's involved, you know, the discussion of not playing that game, the out clause of not playing the game, it was going to cost you more not to play the game. I mean, we, you know, yeah, I know that was discussed.
0: Got to honor yeah. that contract.
1: Yeah, you have to honor the contract, and, yes.
0: And to your point earlier, the only team that really has came out and said that they're not going to play those type of games is Jackson State. And, you know, I, you know how I feel about that rivalry between Southern and Jackson State, but they have to give credit where credits due. They've decided to, to not play those games. But now if someone uh, before the show is over with can can show me or tell me where to go look – at Jackson state's future schedules and see if they're going to have some FBS opponents on there, then I, I, I would welcome that information. But as of now, they, they've decided not to. And if we look at Southern schedule, of course, down the road, uh, they do have a game with Fresno state that's playing up. Um, but I haven't seen anything else, but I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to take a look, but, um, it, it's just interesting. The conversation it's, uh, it's a lot of people's opinions. They go back and forth, should you play those games, uh, should you not. Three minutes before the top of the I, hour. I'll give, I,
1: I'll, I'll give a quick opinion, Carlos, on Jackson State. I think that based on wooing right now, and if they continue to win at this clip, I think the price, and, and I'm probably going to be criticized for this, but I think the price tag for Jackson State is probably dollars. If an FBS school decided with Coach Sanders and all the five stars and all that, and based on their fan base, if they say, hey, we'll give you a million dollars to come to Texas A&M, they'll take that deal. They they would take that one. A million bucks. That's probably what it'll take. A million ways to count the money. Yeah, the, a million bucks. Well, I think Coach Sanders will probably say that a million dollars. Hey, if they give us a million dollars, we'll go today. But anything less than that, he probably wouldn't take it. Just, I'm just, just my opinion. I have no facts on that, but just based on his discussion not, that we had the other day, I just think that's just where he's thinking. Why not 1.2 million? Why
0: not 1.5 million? They, they, I believe they believe that that's what they're worth right now. And in another point, of all the schools in, in the conference, certain teams, I could think of two, can demand 600000 plus, depending on the FBS opponent. Call me arrogant. That's what they call all Southern fans. Southerners one, Jackson State two. Who else could demand more money because of their brand?
1: I think all coin. That, that, that's think- it.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I, no, I, I don't. I, I think all coin and Famu are a step below. But hey, just my opinion. We'll we'll have to ask yeah. Doctor Cavill about that. Who who brings? He's the branding marketing guru. Who bring? We, we, we know. <coughs> excuse me. I'm getting all choked up. We know the top two. But <laughs> how would you how would you rank after that? And then we'll get to some football here. The football yeah. predictions. I think that's an interesting uh, question.
1: Mm. It, it is something worth yeah. worth discussing for sure. But you know, this we, we you know we've had this conversation, Carlos, for twenty years about these non-conference games. We, you know, and it's uh, clearly it's going to continue. I don't see it changing anytime soon. In a perfect world, we would love to see less of these games, more of the FCS type stuff but it's not going to happen. So until until things change, the climate changes, we just have to understand that these type of games will be played. I agree that we should play them in week one um, and, so, and get it out of the way. Get it out of the way because what, what pays coaches in this conference is not the North Carolinas of the world or the Alabama, Birmingham's. It's the Alabama State's, the Alcorn's, the Southerns and Jacksons. That's what pays those coaches. Those coaches will get fired if they don't win those games. No coach in this league will get fired for not being all about Birmingham. That's not going to happen. It, it's all about what happens whether in SWAT games or postseason, however way it goes.
0: Well, I guess, I, but I still wouldn't say it on television.
1: You know, I like to be
0: brutally honest. We're just going to be competitive. <laughs> and we try to win every game. Um, we're going to take a timeout. Maybe I can clear up uh, the ancestors of maybe trying to tell me something. Um. Hour number two coming up, joined by um, Brandon Jones of Inside HBCU Football. We'll uh, also uh, get into uh, SWAT games for this week, and um, we'll still talk some more in Southern University football as they are scheduled to play Florida Memorial at 6 p.m. The basketball tempo on the football field. Up-tempo, up-tempo, up-tempo. And then we'll get to see Southern University from a defensive standpoint. Their front seven is the strongest part of that unit. But the secondary got a lot of new faces there trying to uh, get those uh, players acclimated on the football team. They've had a fall camp to do so. Also, the biggest question, and I don't know if it's the biggest question, Coach Dooley, he keeps it close to the vest. He's – and I tried. I tried to find out, and, and, and yesterday I was on campus in the press box. It was a golden opportunity to have loose eyes because they had the schedules out, you know, ready. And uh, But I was a man of my word. I didn't sneak a, a peek, but they're going <laughs> to name the quarterback right at 6 p.m. Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback? Sean McCray or Harold Blood? So we've got more Southern University football to talk, SWAC football, uh, throwing a little Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference football week one. You got some teams playing up the first couple of weeks. Then you have some teams playing down the first couple of weeks. But it's time to get excited. It's week one, HBCU football. We'll take a timeout. You're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return.
2: one bite of 100% Angus
0: Beach ballpark and you'll say hello summer oh yeah it's ballpark season
2: we are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online we offer online degrees in business criminal justice, psychology and religion Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before.
0: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Kaville's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Walsh and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. To this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Boy, you know, it's interesting the conversation you have. Just got a text message from my cousin, and she's angry with me. She says, I need to be a team player and stop disagreeing with Charles. That won't happen. That that, that won't happen in this lifetime. So, how about about that, cousin? How about that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number two on the Carlos Brown show. Uh yeah, Charles, they they would probably work with you if we you're an AD and I'm an AD because you're <laughs> nice and you and you're going to stick to the plan. I'm a little bit of a radical, but I, I think I've gotten a little mellow <laughs> in my middle age years. We welcome uh Brandon BJ Jones here, an our and number 2 of Inside HBCU Football. Uh good afternoon, BJ.
3: Hey, man, good afternoon. How's it going?
0: It's going all right. BJ, I promise we're we're not going to hog up the time, me and Charles, debating. But I I do want to hear from you and and your your perspective because uh, I always think about you. You transitioned from uh, FBS school to FCS school, and um, these games are going to continue to be played, in my opinion, and and I'm willing to going to record saying this it's, it's going to be an, at least six, seven, eight, ten 10 more years of these type of games when they can get them. But, I, uh, BJ, I, I tell you what, but when it comes to playing the other FCS brethren, it's kind of like the choir is, is silent. You know, and one of the arguments you hear, they don't bring anybody to the game. I've heard that excuse. But I just think because you competed – you're recruiting with those same – like in the state of Louisiana. There, there are a lot of FCS football programs. Eventually, you run across them in the recruiting wars. Wouldn't it be nice to to play them and beat them and then go to kids' homes and say, look, we beat our brethren? And you can use that as, as a recruiting tool. But I may be way off base, BJ, but you, you can um, give us a unique perspective on that, and then we'll get into – uh, your thoughts on some of the games that's been played uh, last Saturday, Thursday, and then we'll have some fun with today's games.
3: Well, I would say this. Um, you know, one of the things I've always said, man, is that we should uh, attempt to be dominant amongst our peers, and that means other FCS programs, particularly those in the region. Um, we we, we that, that should be our goal uh, to be dominant. You know, Carolina talk about swack FBS talk, and we want to be FBS in every facet of the game except one of them, on the field. That's the one that you mm. can't dodge. That's the one that you can't dodge. You can have all the money. You can have all the attention. But eventually, you got to do it on the field. And that's where it's going to matter. And that's where we have to get into the habit um, of doing those things. Uh, you know, there, there's no shortcut to do it. Um, you know, as far as playing up, hey, it is what it is. More scholarships. More scholarships uh more depth, you know, you expect to to take your lickings, but uh we, we shouldn't be dodging anybody FCS wise within our region. And there's a bunch of those uh to go around. So that's why I commend Alcorn State and Prairie View and and, and Texas Southern and Alabama A and M uh for taking on those games this year. And I'm rooting hard for the Braves uh tonight as they take on Stephen F. Austin.
0: Yeah, and they get a couple of opportunities to do well. Man, Southern had McNeese State last year up by double digits going to halftime. But that was last year uh, going forward. Um, we'll, we'll see more of those contests, in my humble opinion. Um, last Saturday, BJ, were you as proud as I was with the effort that FAMU put up against North Carolina University, although the score was, uh, you know, 32 points? But, man, I – you had to
3: be proud. Absolutely, man. Fam, you go go into the game. You're down. Uh, you're un. You know, you're overmatched. You're missing players, key players, and they didn't make any excuses. They didn't say, "Hey, you know, you know, poor me." They didn't do any of that. They went out and competed. And then going to the fourth quarter of that ball game, that was a 35-24 game. Uh, you know, it, North Carolina poured it on to make it look uh you know better when you you picked up the newspaper and look at that box score uh but when you looked at that football game fam you was right there and i'm very proud of uh coach simmons uh in the rattlers
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i was a, a, as well and then the swag me challenge hey right, the swag gets a victory they defeated howard and um bj i was i was texting with uh a friend he made sure to point it out that uh, – tell B.J. he was wrong with, <laughs> with his prediction with, with, with Howard, but guess what? I think you're like me, B.J. When you're, when you're wrong, you get it wrong, you say that, and, mm-hmm. and you move on. No, no excuses, but uh, Alabama State able to pull that out, 23-13 uh, over Howard. How, how did that game – play out to to, to to you? Because to me, I, I I couldn't get into it for some reason. I don't know what it was. Was it, you know, the, the start? But um, what, what are your thoughts of how that game just came across to you?
3: Mother Nature is undefeated, uh, particularly uh, in the South uh, this time of year. I mean, you talk about a game that didn't, didn't start uh, for an hour and 40 minutes after the scheduled kickoff. And then we get a kickoff. We get to the end of the first quarter, and then another forty-five minute delay. Uh, so we're talking about three hours. Uh, Halftime that was three hours late. Um, Howard really had momentum to start the game, um, and then after that delay, they never got it back. And, and kudos to Alabama State. Uh, they they got it done. Um, I thought that Larry Scott from Howard kind of outthought himself. Uh, Howard mm-hmm. was almost averaging five yards a carry. And then all of a sudden they completely abandoned the run and aired it out. And it's not like they were down like this huge deficit. Um, you know, they played right into Alabama State's hands. And, you know, kudos to uh, Coach Eddie Robinson and that staff. Uh, they got it done. And and if you're Alabama State, you got to be excited about that young quarterback, man. Uh, his escapability, his ability to extend plays, uh, you, you, you just got to be excited.
0: You know, I'm, I'm wondering about him. Not, not you know what, about five ten maybe. Is is that about yeah, about five ten, five
3: eleven? Yeah.
0: Is it fair to say going forward, because of his athleticism, if I'm a defense, I'm I'm going to say let's see if he, and don't shoot me for this question, see if he can beat me just literally throwing the football. We're going to try to contain his athletic ability if we can do so. But uh, if, if he beats us throwing the football, then we'll have to live with that. Is that – do you totally disagree with that?
3: No, I agree. Um, we've seen teams do that with, with Ladarius Skelton in the past. Um, you have a guy like that that's, that, that's athletic. They kind of make those plays off key. Uh, they can use their feet to extend drives. Mm-hmm. What, what we're going to do is we're not going to let you run it. You're going to have to beat us with your arm. Uh, and and Davis he, he isn't the most accurate in the world, uh, so it would almost behoove defensive coordinators to for that to be their strategy. Make his arm do it. Uh, don't allow him uh, allow him to beat you uh, with his feet. Uh, a young man came in by the name of Miles Crawley was much more accurate. Was a much more accurate passer of the two. Um, you know he came in first play, boom, sixty seven yards, um, and that was at Alabama State's biggest offensive uh, game uh, to that point. Uh, so uh, that that's an opportunity for Davis, uh, just you know, kind of throwing from the pocket and 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 not able, no, you know, not using his feet, using his arm a little bit more. So as the season goes along, you'll see more defenses are uh, really key on that.
0: Now, and, and Charles, don't be quiet now. Jump in when you want <laughs> to. Um, first, <laughs> UAB um, over Alabama, fifty nine to zero. You know. Uh, my cousin once again thinks that I was being harsh on Alabama and them, but but BJ, that was a thorough whipping, and you know it, it's a lot of emotions and feelings I have, but I, I don't want to take up too much of the time. I'm interested in in, in in hearing what you had to say and Charles again about uh, UAB, all over Alabama, fifty nine to zero. That's for me or Charles. Uh, it's open for both. Charles, Charles is being uh, a, a little shy for some reason.
1: Oh but, no, but- no, <laughs> no!
0: I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm taking in it. I'm taking. I'm taking in BJ's comments. You know about, uh, you know, especially about the Alabama State's win and just you know how impressive it was. The court at the quarterback position. I watched the game a little bit while I was on my little vacation, and I tell you, uh, you know, and this is when we talk about the running game you know, coaches always say we're, we're going to run the football, but then how much, how often do you really stick with it? And that's, that's what's made all corn so successful. The Braves stick with the run, even when it's not working. And Elliot has told me this year in and year out, we're going to run that football. You know, and that that's, what's helped the Braves, but teams get away from it and Hey, we'll take it. Oppositions will take it. So, to to BJ's point, You've got to stay with it, especially when you have a new quarterback like what we're going to have coming up at six o'clock. you got to be able to run the football a little bit to be able to help your quarterback. Uh, but, you know, as far as Alabama a and M, I I was really – I was disappointed. Um, UAB, they're not they're, they're they're not the Crimson Tide. Uh, and for that to happen the way that it happened, if you're a fan of the SWAC, if you're a fan of Alabama A&M, it truly was disappointing and, for me, kind of disheartening, really. I mean, you know, they got – they got bashed pretty good on social media and in the chat rooms. I was expecting a lot better of a performance, even though the continuity is not there. You got all these transfers. BJ talked about it in the offseason. I was expecting a little bit more. I was expecting a lot better, and that didn't happen.
3: Man, I, I knew BJ? defensively what I knew defensively what UAB was going to do. Um, if you've been following football, UAB has been ranked in the top twenty nationally in defense. Uh, for the last four years. And this year, they bring back nine starters. The issue with UAB has always have been offensively. Uh, and they came into the game, they were they're missing the starting running back, second screen running back, gets hurt very early often. You're missing your top two receivers. So they were missing some pieces offensively. They weren't expected to do much um, offensively. And I felt like Alabama and would have to play a great defensive ball game, you know, uh, and and be okay. I didn't see that that album and yeah. uh offense moving the ball or UAB at all. Um that that front seven uh that the Blazers have they they're that good. Um and you can see what they did to BYU in the in the bowl game last year. Um, but I didn't expect this. You know, when I saw the line at 34 and a half uh and then it went up to 40 and a half, I was like, whoa, I, I you know, I I kind of don't see that. I kind of felt like a 42-14 type of game or something like that, but 59 nothing to be dominated on offense. Defense and special teams all the way around, didn't see that one
0: coming. And Alabama, excuse me, UAB set the tone early, that first drive. I mean, basically, man on man, boom. And Alabama and m once again, uh, listening to you over the years, and for what I've seen, defensively, there's always a challenge. And uh, they didn't meet the challenge. Now the old cliche, most improvement from week one to week two, Happens for most ball clubs. Well, they're playing up again, Troy State. So uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. And then last but not least, uh, Thursday night, Tarleton over Mississippi Valley State, 29-13. Uh, different emotions. Valley, once again, defensively, I thought, very tough, physical. You know you've been in a tough football game. Uh, they lose 29-13, to 13, BJ.
3: Man, Valley, man, I was very, I was very impressed with uh, the way that they played defensively. Um, it, offensively, man, they, they got to find a resemblance of the past game. They got to do something to keep teams honest, uh, because what Tarleton did was just they just loaded the box and and dared uh, you know Valley to throw it, and, and they they couldn't make those throws. But you know, Tarleton, one of those new FCS programs. They moved up a couple years ago from Division Two, um, out of the L- Lone Star Conference, now in the WAC. Uh, you know their brighter days are ahead, but I, I'm I'm impressed with the way that Valley went in and competed and Valley had some opportunities to walk away with that football game. Hmm. So yeah,
2: offensively.
0: Third... No, go ahead, Charles.
1: Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say midway through the third quarter, it was a ball game. Midway through the mm-hmm. third quarter, you're right there. You know, and so, and when you talk to coach Dan at media day, and when I watch Valley, you know, we, we got them coming up at the end of uh, September, defensively they're stout offensively they can ground and pound but the biggest issue is having a healthy a productive and a serviceable quarterback that's been one of their big issues and I think right now there's there's as BJ alluded to that's still a question mark going forward that's going to be the big issue with Valley you've got to be able to, to, to move the football and do some things in the passing game and stretch the field a little bit and that's that, that at least from week one Against Tarlington, that was an issue. And going forward, if that continues to be an issue, it's going to be tough for Valley to get to where they need to go because your defense can only do so much. You're going to get off the field, but offensively, if you keep going three and out, turning the football over, pre-snap penalties behind the chains, your defense is just going to be worn down and eventually worn out. And that's kind of what we've seen with Valley over the years because, in part, a lack of uh, productive quarterback. Well, BJ,
0: correct me if I'm wrong, they did sign the Juco, uh, number one Juco quarterback, some say Mississippi Valley State. Um, I think we need to give him uh, another chance or give him some time to get acclimated, and maybe that will um, improve Mississippi Valley State's offensively, or or do they have other issues as well, i.e. a lack of a running game, receivers maybe need to do better. Get, kind of give us an uh, a insight of uh, how they can improve.
3: Well, the offensive lines played play really solid on Thursday. They were able to move um, that Talton State defensive line uh, and give Jelani Easton some time, um, you know, to throw the ball. Um, my question with Valley is the, uh, the skill on the outsides, the receivers, um, are they up to par? And then Jelani Eason just sometimes he just holds the ball too long. You know, he'll have a guy that, that's open. He'll wait until he crosses into another window, then throw it, gives the safety and corner time to catch up. So, I mean, that that, that pass game has continued to be a struggle uh, for Mississippi Valley. You saw him turn the ball over in, 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 in uh, key games last year where they had opportunities to win, uh, trying to throw the football.
0: Hmm. Well, hopefully, it, it, because this is the past game this Thursday then all of last year, the adjectives that you hear are are the conversation. They're tough. They're improved. Uh, Many of you have said that that's your dark horse team. So let's, let's see. It was just one week. Let's see how if the offense can improve and they can kind of get past everybody saying how tough they are to, wow, they've really started accomplishing things. Now, Saturday, September the 3rd, guys. Let's have fun. Let's see some smiles on the faces. Um, some big games. <laughs> Last game is going to be intriguing. That's Sunday, September the 4th, FAMU and Jackson State, 2 p.m. ESPN 2. Uh, both teams, to me, as a Southernite, you almost wish the game would be a tie, but that can't happen. <laughs> But we'll come back. We'll come back to that. That's going to be intriguing. Up uh, first on the ACC network, Bethune Cookman at Miami. BJ and Charles, Bethune Cookman says last year was last year. Historically, we've been better. We're going to be better this year. Uh oh. But they're playing what? Up, FBS again. Show up and play hard. Who wins this game? Boy, I know that's wow, wow. That's a million dollar question, huh? (laughs) <laughs> Who's going to win this game playing up? Bethune, Cookman, or Miami? Will Bethune score points? How about that? Anybody can, can jump
1: in. I, I I don't BJ see it. T-
3: it's all about T- you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't
1: see it. I don't see it. Um, I, I'll start with this one. You know, they got Jalen Jones down there as quarterback, um, another Jack, former Jackson State guy, and I think, you know, he could be the guy going forward but this is a tough one. You know, Miami's putting a lot of resources into that program. You, you, you hear about the NIL stuff and all the the Lamborghinis that's parked out in front of the facility down there. I mean, money's been rolling in that program big time with NIL. know, um, I don't know whether it'll be an ACC you know, contender or not. I don't know. But I do know that as far as this game is concerned, I, I see Miami winning this one, going away, um, Miami all the way. I still think, you know, Bethune's got a lot of work to do, even though last year – you know, pull off the biggest upset in the league last year, beating Allcorn. I was there to witness that one. Uh, but Coach Sims, he feels confident that his team will be better this, this go-around, but not today. But I have Miami all the way.
3: Hey, I agree with Coach He's Sims. Right. I think that that football team is going to be a lot better. You're not going to be able to see it today. One thing Miami has done, for everything that Miami is, they've not invested a lot of money into that program, oh, until recently. Um, They know that they have to invest um, and they have to spend money for them to get back to where they want to be. Even talking about building a a stadium closer to campus uh, so they don't have to make that 40-minute drive to Miami Gardens. Um, So I I think Miami is going to be a little bit too much. That line is 50, uh, I think uh, 50 and a half. Not sure if Miami's covers, but it's going to be bad.
0: Well, simple for me. Miami will win. <laughs> the question is: Will Bethune Cookman score points? I am going to say yes. They will score seven to ten points. Bethune Cookman, I have faith in you on that aspect. But week two, week three, week four, let's come back and revisit Bethune Cookman. Miles at Alabama State, hmm. Coach Ruffin, Alabama State. Eddie Robinson uh, gets his first win. ESPN Plus. Uh, 5 p.m. Uh, BJ, who wins this ball game? This pick'em
3: time. I like Alabama. I like Alabama State. A year ago, Miles felt like one got away from him. I had you know went, that game went to overtime. Uh, this is a different Miles program this year. Uh, Reggie Ruffin going to Tuskegee took a lot of that staff to Tuskegee along with him. Um, Miles is really having to do, do a minor rebuild. I think Alabama State is, is, is hot. Uh, miles going down at Montgomery. I, I think it's going to be a close one, but I think Alabama State pulls it off. That's
0: a good point. Ruffin at Tuskegee, not at Miles, Mr. Brown. Alabama
1: State, Charles. Yeah, I have Alabama State as well. I thought that was a huge win by Eddie Robinson Jr.'s ball club uh, uh, in, in the MiAx Swag Challenge. And as I talked about in the last hour, their defensive coordinator just started like yesterday. You know, he was hired. Within the last two or three weeks, and for them to come in that game in that situation and keep Howard in check despite all the lightning delays, it's pretty impressive to me. Um, this is a big game in terms of just rivalry, you know, two schools, you know, Miles, uh, and 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 Montgomery. Obviously, that that's a big game. I just do think Alabama State's just got more. I do expect Alabama State to win this game, although if they come out feeling them, smelling themselves, and, and let Miles just kind of hang around, that's. That could be a triple game. You could get tripped up with, you know, feeling yourself, thinking, thinking you're all that in a bag of chips in the dip, and you wind up losing at home, and then the fans are angry with you again. But I do think Alabama State's the better team. I do think with that quarterback, I think they'll score points. I have Alabama State winning the game.
0: I'm going to be quicker to the point again. Alabama State, I picked them to win it. Got a game under their belt, but I think it's going to be closer than maybe some thinks. But I like Alabama State. Moving along, Lane at Arkansas Pine Bluff. I don't know. No one really talks about Arkansas Pine Bluff anymore. Skilled quarterback. Seems like he's been there for uh, six, seven years, but he hasn't. Pine Bluff on the UAPB Sports Network. I think Pine Bluff wins. And I got them winning by two touchdowns plus Pine Bluff. BJ
3: Lane is one of the sleeper teams in the SIAC. Um, they had a solid year last year. Got their coach back. A lot of them, uh, a lot of people thought that he would possibly, uh, you know, he was a candidate for the Grambling gig. With him, uh, gig with him being uh, Grambling night. I'm gonna tell you like this: Don't sleep on Lane College going into this ball game. I think Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, can get it done, but I think it's gonna be close. I think Lane is going to scare. The you know what, out of them, and I think Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think they get out of there with a win, but it's going to be too close for comfort.
0: BJ, if I by four, when I said two touchdowns plus, I'll be smelling real good. I'll be looking like uh, a king. But if not, BJ, you will be looking at uh, like a king. <laughs> I want to. I got to <laughs> ask you about that. BJ
1: says a lot closer, Charles. Yeah, I mean, you know, UAPB was never the same after they blew that twenty-six to seven lead against Alcorn last year. And the most, the veteran quarterback in the league is a guy by the name of Skylar Perry, plays for UAPB, and so he's been there since twenty eighteen. And and so that team was never the same last year. I do think it's going to be a little bit closer if they stumble and bumble their way through this one today and get off to a poor start. The grumbles are going to start down there in Pine Bluff. I do think Pine Bluff will win the game. It's a numbers game, but just like Alabama State and Miles, you let Lane hang mm-hmm. around and feel like they can win the game, they will win the game. So Pine Bluff's got to put it away early. I do think they do that.
0: Oh, it's interesting. I thought you were about to say an upset. BJ was uh, close about saying <laughs> an upset, but he says he's going to be real cool. Okay. I'm just, just yeah. Grandma State and Arkansas State. Now, i got to take the motions out of this. I'm feeling some type of way about Graham and State University, but the guy I am, I'm not going to let emotions get in the way here. Um, BJ, Graham and State, if it was based on content and media and social media, you can almost crown them champions. But unfortunately, unfortunately, that is not played on the football field. How well your Social media presence is. Arkansas State, they're going to win this football game. But the question is, will Gramlin State, with all of the hype and the, and changing the team and the personnel, will they make a game of it, BJ? Um,
3: I think Gramlin has opportunity to kind of hang tight for a little bit. I think Arkansas State pulls it out uh if Grambling can can cover that twenty six and a half um i think you kind of can look that look at that as a as a as a win uh if you can get it under keep it under twenty one uh i like Arkansas state here with the in year two of the the butch jones uh regime up there in our, uh, up there in arkansas
1: okay mr gramlin alum, charles Edmond. yeah yeah um you know, we, we we don't know who Grambler's quarterback's going to be. The rumor is that he had six quarterbacks on the roster who will start. I think that's that's the big question mark. I don't see this one being close. I'm a Gramlin Knight. I want to see it close. Reality speaks a whole other matter. I do see Arkansas State winning probably by three touchdowns or more. I think the continuity on of offense will take a little time to develop. We don't know a lot about Grambling. We know about these other teams, but Grambling's got to kept itself close to the best. I think Arkansas State will win it. There will probably be scores early and often, and I think, you know, Grambling defensively has got to get a little bit better. I do think Arkansas State will win this one going away. I will give Coach Hugh Jackson this. He's very
0: confident. He is very confident. And also a social media star. Florida Memorial at Southern University. I'm, I'm more thinking about the elements uh, right now. It's not raining. Uh, someone give me a report. Has it rained on campus? It was, it was flooding where I'm at, but that's here or there. Could it be Southern against the elements? Is it Southern against their biggest opponents themselves? BJ, do you, If you're Southern and Coach Dooley, he has a mindset that they're playing a team that is very capable of pulling off the upset. With that being said, Southern hosts Florida Memorial. VJ, the million-dollar question, again, who wins this ball game?
3: Southern. um, And the the biggest challenge is Southern going against themselves. Um, You have to go in this game focused, taking care of your business, regardless regardless of your opponent. Um, Florida Memorial is going to come in this game. Yeah, they got a, a win against Edward Waters, uh, but you can look a- along the trenches and see that Florida Memorial is outmatched. Um, you know, it's 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 about, hey, fundamentals, uh, playing to your standard, not anyone else's, regardless of who your opponent is, playing to your standard, uh, getting in, doing what you need to do, uh, and then getting out and getting ready for LSU next week.
0: And I believe... If it goes according to plan, Southern University will get to play multiple quarterbacks, uh, second, third units, and that's where you want to see this game uh, come to. And you jump out early. You prove without a shadow of a doubt who's a better team, and then don't take anybody uh, for granted. Charles,
1: it, it I'm should a, be a, a one-minute answer. I'm going to pull Carlos Brown on this one. I'm going to make this one very quick. I've been very consistent about this game from the start. Southern by five touchdowns.
0: Oh, here you go. See, see, Charles, you notice BJ didn't say five, six touchdowns. I didn't. Um, I, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, southern quick with that. Uh-oh, Stephen F. Austin and all corn state. BJ. Uh I'm pulling for Alcorn. The heart says Alcorn. What say you?
3: Look, Stephen F. Austin was embarrassed last week by Jacksonville State. Um, their year one up on the Rich Rod. This is a thing not to forget about Jacksonville State. They brought in fifteen Power Five transfers. Uh, they were kind of the house of transfers. You could count for the the SEC castaways. Um, and they're transitioning to FBS, a team that kind of people kind of overlooked is this same Jacksonville State team that went to Tallahassee and beat Florida State um, a year ago. A lot of talent on that football team. And I know Stephen F. Austin looked bad. They're going to come in this game fired up. They're going to come in this game ready to play. I think Alcorn has some matches, matches uh, that intensity. I think Stephen F. Austin pulls it out, but I think the thing is going to be close. And I think that uh is going to shake them up a little bit.
0: Charles, I know you have a, a few things you like to say on, on, on this ball game. Uh, Stephen F. and State.
1: Yeah, I got a chance to uh, to watch the game a little bit the other day. Uh, look, Stephen F. gave up 285 yards rushing against Jacksonville State last week. Jarvion Howard, Syracuse transfer. We're going to be one of our top backs in the backfield. Nico Duffy. Bray's going to run that football. If they can run that football, they're going to win this game. Aaron Allen, I think, will get the start at quarterback. Fred McNair was very coy about his two deep, even on Thursday when we talked and had the season premiere. But uh, a little bird has told me that Aaron Allen's going to start at quarterback tonight, the Louisiana Tech transfer. Let's make it easy on Aaron Allen. Let's run the football. Let's not make him make tough plays, at least in his first start. If we can do that, if special teams can be productive, run the football, chew up ground and pound, we can win this game. Because Jacksonville State ran for 285. If we can do that, we'll win the game. May not be 42-17, but we will win the game the Braves way and get off to a good start. Well, and the rain, the elements, the
0: weather, I I think that can help a team that wants to run the football and who can be physical at the point of attack. And something B.J. said, uh, Stephen F. Austin ranked 10th in the preseason coming into that game. They were embarrassed. We know the cliche, the most improvement from game one to game two. Because they were embarrassed, I think they're going to be ready to play. A key thing, and I always start with my heart, I'm pulling for corn State. But my head says, It's still stuck with Stephen F. Austin being embarrassed. I think Stephen F. Austin pulls out a close, close ball game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Alcorn wins, but I'm going to pick Stephen F. Austin in in a close one. And um, Alcorn State will be be right there, in my humble opinion. The Labor Day Classic, Texas Southern and Prairie View. I'm going to start this one off. I went back and forth. Body, I know. Texas Southern offensively, based on last year, pretty good. Defensively, they are question mark as Alabama A&M. Prairie View and m new coach, new head coach, but he's been there uh, with the program. At home, I, I'm going with Prairie View in this one. Uh, Texas Southern, as you see, joined by uh, Charles Bishop there who actually in the West and our colleagues' predictions had Texas <laughs> – They <Charles>, had Texas <laughs> Southern ahead you know, of Southern University. But no, Charles, I didn't set you up to bring you on so the Jaguar Nation thank <laughs> you the pass. Charles Bishop's a great guy. Great guy. But um, I'm, I'm going to pick prayer for you in, 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 this, in this ball game. Charles Bishop, good afternoon. Uh, hey, we're doing prediction segment in Texas Southern. Need I ask who you
2: got winning this ball game? Well, I had Texas Southern, you know, at media day to, to make a little move in the West. Uh, I, I think Texas Southern will get this win. I think they are a different team. I think people would be pleasantly surprised. I, I, I had an opportunity to catch a few of their uh, practices the past uh, summer. Uh, those guys, they've hit it hard uh, over the summer workouts and whatnot, and, and they're ready to go out and go turn some heads this year.
0: So Charles Bishop of the pregame show proper introduction, uh, right here on the black car sports network. He is in Miami. Uh, uh Charles, uh, we'll talk. I, I need some Miami heat paraphernalia since I've, uh, hadn't been there in a while. So but we'll talk about that. Um, uh, BJ, who you got in this one of man. It's
3: been 10 years since Texas Southern has beaten Prairie view. Um, Texas uh, Southern, Andrew Body, that explosive offense, um, it's not going to matter. Prairie View, 11 years. I think Prairie View gets it done. I think Prairie View has been kind of cast away. Uh, people discounting what they did a year ago. Uh, lost the head coach, lost some key players, but got a lot of key players back. I think Prairie, Prairie View finds a way to get it done at home.
0: Ooh, BJ, you threw a hook on me. I thought you was going the TSU route. And uh, we 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 got we got it on record. He takes prayer view. Charles Edmond, who
1: is looking very coy right now. Who you got, Charles? <laughs> I, I think I think I think BJ had a little bit too much light when he uh, when he uh, pulled the curtains over. Too too much light got in his got in his uh, brain there. I got I got Texas Southern. I got Texas Southern. I've been impressed with body. You know, I just go back to our game last year. He, he was a freshman could hang on to the football, careless turnovers. But you see his development, the camps, and what he's done in this offseason. I I think Texas Southern is going to go in there. I'm going to take Texas Southern and win this game. I was not aware that the game was back on campus, by the way. I didn't, I didn't know that till probably a month ago. Uh, I thought it was normally at NRG or another place. you kind of a neutral site game. But it's at Prairie View. It's going to be a great, great turnout there. Um, I think Texas Southern's going to win this game. I'm, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. I think Texas Southern offensively will be improved, defensively they'll be improved, and I, I still have some questions. Even though Prairie View won the West, but their top defensive players gone. You got you got coach, you got that continuity. I'm going with something. Just tells me Texas Southern's going to win this game, so I'm going with TSU. Well, that's two for Prairie View. Two for
0: Texas Southern. Do we need a tie break on that one? Probably not. Um, But uh, I'm going to have Trunks pick. Bishop, you know, Trunk, BJ, Charles, you know, uh, my best (laughs) friend's pick. We try to get him to do it every week. Uh, We'll give his a little later. Sunday, September 4th, FAMU. Jackson State FAMU gets uh, some players back. And Charles has that look like I saw him uh, early on the Black College Sports Network game time. It doesn't matter, I believe Charles is going to say. you, uh, Jackson State, we'll come to you last, Charles. Bishop.
2: Okay, uh, no problem.
0: Bishop, Bishop. <laughs> BJ, B.J., who you got in this ball game? Very intriguing game.
3: I hope they beat the hell out of each other. I hope they absolutely <laughs> kill each other. I, I said um, a time. There <laughs> is a time. <laughs> um, look, I, I think with FAMU, uh, they're coming off uh, – they, they kind of know what they have a little bit. Uh, beginning a game under their belt. Uh, watching North Carolina and App State right now, North Carolina uh, was down big to App State. Now they're um, up 28-21 going into the half. The North Carolina offense can score on anybody. The problem is defensively, they can't stop anyone. Um, so I, I think with FAMU having a game under their belt, I think that gives them an advantage. But I'm, I was always told, man, you got to go with the champ until somebody uh, proves that they can beat them. And until I see uh, someone in the Southwestern Athletic Conference actually beat Jackson State, uh, I'm gonna have to roll with with, with Jackson State. I think it's gonna be a close ball game, uh, but I like the intangibles. Uh, of of Jackson State, and I think there's something to be said about the unknown. Uh, Jackson State has seen FAMU. FAMU has not seen Jackson State.
0: Charles Edmund.
1: I have said this. I've been on the record. I am a Willie Simmons fan. He was here at Alcorn. I think they should have beat Jackson last year. Even though they didn't have the players last week, They've got quite a bit back this week, including their best defensive player. The emotions that will be behind this game tomorrow will be off the charts because nobody is giving FAMU a chance. B.J. made his prediction. That type of thing can lead to an upset. I'm going with Florida A&M, guys. I'm going with Florida A&M. You got Musa. If Musa didn't play well last week, I would go with Jackson. And I was going with Jackson, and I said, you know what? If FAMU get some of these players back, if they get lands back, I think the momentum and just the energy mentally, I think FAMU is going to get this one tomorrow. I'm going with FAMU to win this game. Hmm. Well,
0: the emotional guy that I am, I'm not going emotional on this one because – Everyone knows how I feel about minus Charles Bishop and to a certain extent, Neely. But know how I feel about uh, the rivalry with Jackson State. Take the emotional part out of it. I will bet Jackson State is not going to let Mighty Musa be comfortable back there. I think they're going to come up with a hell of a defensive package, and I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on him. If he's able to do it, I'll come back next week and say it. I was totally wrong. But I just think the intangibles and the motion goes only so far, Charles Edmund. It comes down to execution. BJ knows a famous Otis Washington at Southern University, former head coach. When they won the ball game, it was because of execution. When they didn't win, his first sentence was it was a lack of execution. Execution I'm going with, as much as it pains me, I'm going with Jackson State in this ballgame, but I think it's going to be very close. It could come down to a special teams play, a field goal, a punt return, or a block punt. I'm going with Jackson State in this one. Bishop? Bishop?
2: Well, I, I think the biggest intangible is Charles Edmonds. I, I want to thank him. Uh, all the butterflies I had now are gone now that he's picked Famu. So I feel real good now. So, <laughs> but, uh, so, I, I think, you know, um, Dennis Thurman, uh, the way he dials up defenses, uh, no one scored three times against Jackson State in the Southwestern Athletic Conference last season and. I think I can make a really good argument Uh, the pieces that he has on defense are going to be a lot faster. Uh, They are really chomping at the bit. They've heard all the, uh, I guess, naysayers since the Celebration Bowl, and and that's fair because uh, when you think about it, I mean, your last perception of Jackson State is their loss against South Carolina State, and you take your hats off to South Carolina State, but uh, they are really frothing, if you will, to get out there tomorrow and and prove everybody wrong, much like it kind of takes on the same – uh, air as 2021, when they were coming off the spring season, uh, they had a huge chip on their shoulder and coach prime, uh, he keeps that chip rather heavy. So uh, those guys are really excited. They're going through their final walkthrough now and the coaches are kind of having to calm them down a little bit because they're so, you know, keyed up about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's going to be a, a fun atmosphere. Looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to seeing a, a lot of these new faces, uh, that um, are going to be introduced to the HBCU world, Uh, names like Dallas Davis, uh, I think is one that you'll uh, be very uh, surprised by uh, that that receiving room is ridiculously deep. So, and I think they're going to be pretty aggressive with regards to trying to get downfield and make some plays.
0: So, uh, Bishop, you did, uh, you nodded your head when I did say they're going to dial up something. I just don't think you can let him sit back there until BJ's point North Carolina defensively. I, I know they probably play just basic, but but BJ interesting point. You said North Carolina defensively has a lot to be. They need to work on their on, on their defense. So again, with that being said, I, I just think uh, Coach Thurman will design something – Well, I say design already designed something to not have Musa back there being. Uh, Comfortable, guys. BJ, um, mm-hmm. while well, I have Charles Bishop, I didn't get a chance to talk with him about uh, last year's ball game with, with Southern and Jackson State. You know, we always talk about throw records out. And, boy, yeah. Southern have. Let them off the hook. How did you feel about <laughs> that, that that game? Although we're going back to to, 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 to last year, to, to our point that we talked. Just throw records out when they, when they get together. It is a barn burner.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it totally is a barn burner. When you talk about playing Southern, uh, our fiercest rival, uh, yeah, you, you toss the records out. I mean, it is the best, I believe, atmosphere in all of – I'll say it, in all of college football. I love coming down to Baton Rouge, coming into that hostile environment. Uh, you're talking about two – Proud, arrogant fan bases. Uh, you're talking about two proud, historic teams. The bands are going at each other. Uh, it, it's a beautiful college atmosphere. And it's just one of those games that you do. You throw those records out and, you know, best team wins. And it was finally good to get a little bit of payback. I mean, I, I've been on the, <laughs> the receiving end the I don't know how, how many years was it, DJ, that Southern was whooping?
3: Uh, eight
2: years. Well, yeah, nine years in yeah, a row. Eight, 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 nine years in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, that was a, that was a huge win for me last year, and it was and it was even bigger when Coach Prime he came back and kind of gave them that emotional lift uh, with him having his uh, medical challenges uh, there last season. But I mean, it was it was easily the best environment I think that we played in. And Allcorn will probably one a. That was a lot of fun having fifty eight thousand
0: people there in Memorial Stadium. Yeah, and um, you know, the robbery speaks for itself. And um but before that October 29th game, there'll be a lot of uh football games to uh, to, to be played. Um That's okay, weekend, I, that birthday weekend Carlos Yeah, well I didn't want to say that because I've said about ten times already. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah um and, and remember at, at Swag Football Media Day uh, boy, his partner, crime Neely, said, I, I got you with a cigar. I got you with dinner. But your present is going to be a loss. Oh, I'm fired up. You know, maybe <laughs> I can't be Southern out of the tunnel. I think BJ's in better shape for me. Maybe I can talk him into, uh, you know, leading Southern out there at Veterans Memorial. That's going to be an electric atmosphere. But, but, Bishop, it's a 1 p.m. game. How that game has been been made to be played in the crisp October cool air where those both fan bases, BJ, follow me on this one, they worked up to that 6 p.m. game. Boy, 1 p.m., I guess people will have to be
2: uh,
0: (laughs) feeling in a good mood if you get my drift about 9 (laughs) o'clock. <laughs>
2: Definitely gonna have to be in a good mood, but you know, I, I guess from for television purposes, you know, the game will be at at, at the time that it's at it said at one. But I'm like you, Carlos. I love a cool, crisp autumn night. Jackson State Southern Sonic Boom Human Jukebox. Man, what is better?
0: Oh, it's nothing better. That that statement you made, uh, Bishop. Um, what what a Jackson State Jacksonians? Think about that. Because when I make that statement, a similar statement, the Gravel Knights attack me because it's the Bayou Classic. <laughs> That's the rivalry. But the fierce rivalry is Southern and Jackson State. But
2: just yeah. – just, just- I, I think for a lot of Jackson – For a lot of Jackson State fans, especially those of us who grew up in, uh, in the 80s and 90s that were used to those night games, uh, we love those night games. Uh, but – and you old sport, my game. Uh, you a, 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 a So, it's, you know, I, I love playing uh, games and night. There's something special about that. And it happens, it's it's
0: BJ, upset of the week. I'm putting you on the spot in black college football, who 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 would it be And um, who would it be? What game?
3: Potentially. potentially I'm looking at Lane over Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think that potentially could be uh, one of the biggest upsets of the week. Uh, and also looking at Charlotte, uh, North Carolina Central over North Carolina a I think that that's a strong possibility. So those are two places where we start looking at upsets. Those are the first uh, two places that I'll take a look.
0: Wow, it's been a while since North Carolina Central right defeated North Carolina A&T. Hearing that it's going to be a, a a nice crowd, Charles, you you want to agree with the BJ? Boy, I knew he was going to come back to that lane over UAPB. Now I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little weird about a, a 14 plus victory by UAPB. I'm putting a lot on them, a lot of confidence in UAPB.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that would be a would be an upset. I think for all the talk, and I think. You know, clearly, Jackson. I'm coming back to Jackson State, FAMU. I think everybody, except maybe Charles Epman is picking Jackson State, and except the Rattler fans. I think if FAMU pulls off that one, that will be an upset, considering what they've been through. So I'll, I'll put that one right up there with with Lane and, and UAPB, um, because I don't think anyone outside of Tallahassee has Florida and 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 Lorman, Mississippi, where I am. Uh, and it's a lot of it's for personal reasons, but I think other stuff is in there, in my opinion. I think that would be a, a huge upset if FAMU, despite everything they've dealt with in the last eight days, if they beat Jackson State, and that and look, that's a statement game for the East. People got to realize that whoever loses that game is two games out because you lose out on the tiebreaker. So that game counts for two if you really just sit back and think about it. You know, FAMU did their part after Jackson State, but Jackson never relinquished it last year. So that's a huge game. But if there's another upset special out there, I think it would be FAMU over Jackson State. I'm coming back to that.
0: Hmm, I don't know if I would consider that an upset, but I guess maybe in light of all what FAMU's uh, going through, um, let me give you Trucks' pick. Uh, I'm ho- I'm hoping that this could be a weekly thing, but he's got Southern, Allcorn, FAMU, Prairie View, Alabama State, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Interesting. We got about four minutes left, and uh, I, I had some uh, video raw. If we can, let's look at uh, uh, the one with um, Coach Demarcus Miller. If if we can, but if not, we'll do it next week.
2: Uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure who goes. Coach Demarcus Miller is. That the one outside or inside? Uh, that's the one outside. outside. All right, gotcha.
0: Okay, you can uh, play it, and I'll, I'll talk to the guys as we get ready to uh, wrap it up. We, well, we actually got about four, five, six minutes. We came on a little bit late.
2: We're but, good if uh, you want to watch got... both of them.
0: Okay, thank you a lot, Roy. Mr. Fam, you himself. You got to love it. Look how we're <laughs> well, we played, see it. All all right. uh, We got that mic right. up. Y'all man. better
1: watch <laughs> y'all say your mama think y'all some angels. She going to hear y'all on this TV. There you go. Oh, Wesley.
2: That's the way you don't want none of this, cool. Right on, right on. That.
0: There you go, he beat. He beat. Ooh. How you doing? All the police, y'all. Okay, All, we got the All the
1: people.
0: All the people. There you go, there you
3: go. That's the goal. That's the Boy, boy, So, dude, you might want to leave. You did want to come over here and see
2: this. Oh,
0: Ooh, he lit. He
3: lit. There you go, rip, 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 rip it That's money, baby. That's money. There you go. Now get rid of them. Now get rid of them. There you go. Way to slip it. Way to slip
2: it.
0: Pee pee pee, baby.
1: Penetration produces problems. There you go. Staying active with hands and feet, he gets beat. Boom, boom. That's how it should look.
0: That's how it should look. What's wrong with
3: it? it?
1: You
0: know
3: they You
1: got your nails looking pretty. You don't want to mess them up or something. <whistles> oh, uh, come on. Oh, I know
0: who's going to lose this one. Who don't like to use their hands?
3: The handless man. Here we go.
0: Bye
1: <laughs> <laughs> bye.
0: Hey, from three to five, you are enemy. So cool, guess, it.
1: Just like your rich food, If he call you from home from three. three to five, that's where you gonna be at. Hey, hey, hey y'all better come with that same thing. What? Uh. Come on, come on, come on. Right there, right there, right there, right there. oh Give me something. Give me something. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Come flat, come flat. There you go, Miles. There you go. Hey go there you go there you go get y'all that's what I'm talking about Hey there you go way to
2: clap that pocket way to clap that pocket I see you said Yeah it is too much pressure. Let him run down there and get hit
3: Let him run down there then we got blown up in his... the Bam! BAM BAM Quarterback on his back And a pick Now yeah, you saw that That's
1: called D line That's shot. They know that is we just walk them back
3: Welcome back to their coat with them hands in their life. Amen. 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 There you go. There you go. Right Amen. there. Right there. Right there. Right there. You heard what he said? Watch him
1: out, baby. Watch him out. But watch
2: but, but
3: what he said. There you go. Right there. Oh,
1: look at that. Look at that. Call
3: him fall up. It's over. <laughs>
1: Them boys. Man. Man. That's what you get, that's what the opening linemen are. That's what we do to them <laughs> man, we put them over there on the, on the, on the <laughs> top of the boys
0: We <laughs> hey, really need
1: to, to do that.
0: Line coach crazy, yeah, yeah. Right? They, they, them, them boys in blue back me up too. <laughs>
1: Take a Whoa,
2: it's that goat huh? trying to act smart with me, but she don't know. Seven
3: eleven, I bought all the bed with so does trojan. It's like five hundred, let the table. we still let them all win. Whoa.
0: That kind of gets you fired up, BJ. Uh, you're a former athlete, still an athlete, but um all of the preparation, fall camp, practicing hard. You were able to get it done. Charles, that's that's interesting. Coach Dooley, that's how he brings out the football team. He'll do that today. He'll do it when Alcorn comes. He'll do it in Jackson. Uh, But that was Coach DeMarcus Miller, defensive line coach. And if you remember, everyone, he was a hell of a defensive tackle for Southern University. Coach Doug Williams told me at a basketball game, one time, Southern Grambling State, that they could not block him. Could not block him. And if he was 6'1", 6'2", he would have been in the lead. But now his passion, just like on the football field, his passion with with coaching. And, uh, you know, I I know all teams go through that. There's competition in practice. The position coaches, D-line, giving you some there. Uh,
1: Charles, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that 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 gets you fired up for the season. I mean he's 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 kind of like Coach Thornton in a way. I mean just kind of ch- ch- you know very chirpy, very chatty. Uh, he's very engaged, and uh, I like that. I mean that that's what you want to see, you know, w- from coaches. And Coach Dooley, I didn't know he had that kind of that that kind of twerk and move in him, Carlos. I, that's that's the most I've seen him move around. He's usually to me kind of stoic, but uh, hey. Mm-hmm. He's back at home, and you can be that comfortable when you're at home, and that's where he is. And uh, and now we'll we'll see how they do against Florida Memorial. You know, my pick. I've I said it for three months. I don't I don't think the game will be that close as, as you talked about. They'll play two or three quarterbacks, if they got a fourth one on the roster. I think they'll. That's a game. That's a game you want to see a lot of bodies on the field because the next week you go need them with LSU. So that's that's a good way to start. I think Southern will win this one going away, but good coaching staff. I was impressed with all the hires he's made. He's made all the right moves off the field, hiring the right coaches, Southern field, Swack field, Baton Rouge field. Now it's time to get it done on the field. And if he does that, he'll have the Jaguar nation eating out of the palm of his hand. Uh, we didn't, uh, it was under our trending stories.
0: we get ready to wrap up this week's uh, uh, edition of the Coles Brown show. want to say it uh, once again. At when the show started we said good morning but um, want to uh, say good afternoon to everyone um, in, in the chat room uh, our, our usuals uh, good conversation going on and, and that's what it's about you know discussion uh, want to thank but uh, oh, we got we got a list of them right now and um, I, I didn't respond to everything, but uh, just once again want to say uh, good uh, afternoon to everyone. Uh, Derek Qualls, Chuck Hunt, uh, Michael Cavalier. Appreciate Michael Cavalier uh, very generous uh, to the Coles Brown Show this past week. want to want to thank you. Of course, uh, good afternoon to Jamal Scott, Edwin DeWight Moore. Who else we got in here that we don't have? Johnny Johnson, appreciate your brother. Of course, Chuck Hunt, uh, once again. And um, that's pretty much all of them. And Coach T, appreciate you tuning in. Coach T, uh, rehab has been successful there. He's on Southern University staff. Uh, We appreciate him, as always. Um, Once a competitor, always a competitor. Also, our thoughts and prayers for the city of Jackson, Mississippi, uh, with the water crisis going going on. Um, a lot of people are donating water uh, locally here, uh, organization that uh, helps out with flooding, hurricanes, the Cajun Navy on their way to Jackson to bring uh, loads of water. Uh, it's a shame in 2022 that you have to uh, – deal with this kind of situation. It's been a long problem that hopefully they will it will be finally addressed. Also, congratulations to Dr. Charles McClellan, uh, getting awarded a three-year contract extension. Hats off to him, FAMU. Uh, got good news. Eligible players will play in the Orange Blossom Classic and all the HBCU players that made uh, the NFL 53-man roster. Very, very good. We, uh, we read a lot of them out earlier in the show. Brian Cook, uh, D.B. Joshua Williams, D.B. with Kansas City, the Kobe Durant, D.B. Los Angeles Rams, South Carolina State, Jatiri Carter, offensive lineman, Chicago Bears, Southern University, and Deshaun Dixon, defensive end from Norfolk State, Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, Marquise Bell, defensive back, Dallas Cowboys and fam you Charles uh closing comments anything that you quickly want to get off your chest or or something that you're feeling right now now's the time you can address it
1: sir yeah I do I I do kind of want to address it address it a little bit the whole fam you situation there's been a lot of a lot of criticism for the fam you administration um up and down the line and I know on various talk shows, they've been criticized in terms of how this thing was handled with certification and eligibility and all that. And I'm just not one, and I'm, maybe I'm just speaking for my own personal deal because I'm on the inside of it. There's just so many moving pieces to how those things happen. I just think we just need to take the time, and I'm talking about we administrations, need to take the time to explain how these things work because it's compliance It's a financial aid. It's a lot of pieces that are involved. And I'm not one to criticize any AD or any president for how those things happen because we need to educate ourselves and be educated about how these things work. But no one has really taken the time to really explain how 20-some-odd players were ineligible uh, for FAMU. Whose fault is it? It could be a combination of a number of things that could happen. You know, when you're shorthanded and all those things that happen, I think we just need to take a deep breath sometimes and just understand why and how these things happen and not quick to just throw the baby out with the bathwater. I just I think we need to just slow down a little bit and understand. And I'm I'm only saying this because I work at a university and I've been blessed and fortunate to talk with various 80s presidents, financial aid people, compliance people, certification people. I kind of have an idea of how it works because it's been explained to me. But it's a lot easier said than done. And I just think all this criticism, some of it is warranted. Some of it is lack of planning, fail to plan, plan to fail, that type of thing. But I think we need to be a little bit more educated in terms of how these things work. And I think if we get that, I think we won't be so harsh because it's sometimes it's not always needed. Well, in this case,
0: it's everyone has an opinion. But I look at the family alums and I look at the supporters, graduates, et cetera, et cetera. Only thing from the outside looking in, I could advice I can give, invest in the resources to help that this will never happen again. And also one of the things I always talk about, you could control the narrative. Be transparent. If something is going wrong, or let your alum and fam's, uh, family know about it. Don't sit back and say, well, they don't understand, and then don't say anything. A lot of heat has come down on, on the administration. A lot of it is warranted. There's enough blame to go around. But at the end of the day, I'll go back again Be transparent with everything that goes on. And then you can get ahead of the story. Because once it hits the national airwaves, um, everyone can give their opinions. But facts loom large. Opinions are just opinions. And, And I've had people to send me clips of Roland Martin and everybody's ranting and raving about that. But I, I look to the inside people who's who's been there. They've been there, and they know from the inside out what needs to be done and what needs to be done to correct the situation. From a personal standpoint, I take no glee in that because being a Southern University alum, alum and we've seen it throughout the conference, these type of things have happened. But as Dr. Cavill stated um, Last week, let's be careful. Register office, financial aid, and compliance—they all work together. So it's enough blame to go around, uh, go around. But let's not just say the blame; it's enough to go around also to fix the problem. You know what? It's like driving one time, and my dad's gone on the glory. Always check, and I'm gonna tie this in. Always check your spare tire. You never know when you need it. Okay, dad, yes, no problem. I always check it. But I did. And guess what? One day I was somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be and I got a flat. Popped the trunk. The spare was flat too. Damn, what I'm going to do? I had to call my dad to come help me out. So with that being said, get together. Get this situation fixed and so it won't happen again. And by the way, the SWAC office sent uh, personnel to to help out. That's a great thing. But anyway, it's football time. Games have already started. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. For Charles Edmund, I'm Carlos Brown. I want to thank Roy Evans. I'll uh, charge you early with that chop. huh? Oh, well, they, they better win, Alcorn State. Uh, Thank all of those who watch and produce uh, all of the guests. Make sure you tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, peace and God bless. Go Jags, go Swag. go HBCUs.